Could Miami Hurricanes quarterback commit Jaden Rashada end up being a better college quarterback than the guy with the most famous name in quarterbacking? You are Locked On Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So Jaden Rashada is making headlines again. Miami Hurricanes four-star quarterback commit, class of 2023. And I love Jaden. He's been out there spreading the Miami gospel, trying to recruit other players to come join him in Miami in the class. And he's a darn good quarterback. Is he actually even better than Arch Manning, who committed to Texas not too long ago? This is really interesting. So Sports Illustrated released this week the SI99 preseason rankings. They rank from 1 to 99, the top prospects in the class of 2023 these are all players like Rashada and like Arch who are going into their high school senior seasons and surprisingly to me uh well the Arch Manning thing is surprising but surprising also to me was now Miami does have six players six commits who land on this list which is very good Hurricanes are well represented and I think Miami's going to get a couple few more of these guys who are uncommitted before it's all said and done for the class of 2023. I was a little bit surprised that Jaden Rashada was Miami's top-ranked guy on the list and not Francis Maui Goa. Francis Maui Goa is considered the top tackle in the country. He's a five-star commit. Jaden Rashada is a high four-star. Now, Sports Illustrated, they don't go by the star system. They do their own independent scouting. So they apparently disagree that Francis Maui Goa is a higher-touted recruit than Rashada. But Jaden Rashada stacks up really well on this list overall. And it's definitely a quarterback-heavy list because five of the top 10 players on the SI 99 are all quarterbacks. Uh, the number one overall prospect and top quarterback is Dante Moore. He's an Oregon commit. He is excellent. Miami was kind of in the mix for him, uh, but I think Rashada actually might fit Miami and the offense a little bit better than Dante Moore does. And I keep my fingers crossed. Hopefully that's the case. Um, I always screw up this guy's name, but Nico Iamaliva, I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Uh, he's the number two quarterback and number four overall on the list. Then you've got Jaden Rashada, who's the number three quarterback on the list, the seventh overall prospect. That's a good distinction for Rashada. Uh, then you've got Malachi Nelson, who's the number four quarterback, number eight overall on the list. And then Arch Manning, the guy with the most famous name in quarterbacking, the grandson of Archie. The nephew of Eli, nephew of Peyton, is the fifth-ranked quarterback on the list and the 10th overall prospect on the SI-99. Jaden Rashada is the real deal. <laughs> I can't wait to see this guy a year from now, well, even less than a year from now, because I think he'll be an early enrollee probably in the spring. But when he actually takes the field as a Miami Hurricane, assuming he signs his national letter of intent and he doesn't flip somewhere, I don't think he will. Jaden Rashada is the real deal. I've had the privilege of watching a lot of his high school footage from out there in California. 
He has a superb deep ball, an NFL type of arm, very aggressive down the field, can fit it into tight windows way down the field. And I think something that I love and everybody loves about Jaden Rashada, it's why he projects out to be such a good college quarterback and a potential very good to great NFL quarterback someday is his mechanics are already so clean and his release is already on point. Not to mention he's got good size for the position and he's got the type of frame where he can add more quality muscle. So Jaden Rashada, I believe, has a very high ceiling or sorry, a very high ceiling. Yes. And also a very high floor to go along with that. Uh, so when I talk to folks about Arch Manning now, you're always going to hear the stuff about, well, he's overrated because he's a Manning. Maybe that's true. Uh, but one of the things I've been told about Arch is he's got a very high floor, probably the highest floor of any of the quarterbacks in the class of 2023. But the ceiling may not be as high as it is for people like Dante Moore and Jaden Rashada. So a higher floor, maybe lower ceiling in the case of Arch Manning. I don't want to turn this episode into a bash Arch session because He's not a Miami guy. I like to focus on the positives with Miami. I will throw in something, though, when you're talking about references on Arch and why do people say he's overrated. Arch Manning, who's a Texas commit, he recently got torched by one of the better recruiting analysts in the country, Mike Farrell of MikeFarrellSports.com. He was on the Crane & Company podcast earlier this summer, and this is what he said about Arch Manning. If his name was Arch Smith, I think he'd probably be a three-star high school quarterback. <laughs> he continues. He plays a very low level of competition, Farrell said. He hasn't progressed. He had a really good freshman season. I wouldn't say regression, but he hasn't progressed. And when he has had to step up against other competition, especially in the playoff game where he looked awful, it just hasn't translated. Every time I watch other quarterbacks in this class, it knocks Arch down in my head, Farrell said. And that's not just his fault. He's not participating. He's not competing. And this is all summer ball. It's all routes with a defender. But every time I look at a Malachi Nelson or a Dante Moore or somebody else, I like them better. I've got Arch sliding into sixth or fifth range in this class itself. And that that's one of the other knocks on Arch is, he hasn't been participating in a lot of camps and competitions. I compare it to when you get to NFL combine season and if there are quarterbacks in there, and obviously every year this happens, that are projected to be top 10 picks, high first round picks, they're just not going to throw. Like They may not even show up, but if they show up, they're just going to step on the scale. They're going to get some of their measurements, but these guys are not going to throw because they figure, hey, if I'm already projected to be a top 10 guy or a number one overall pick, I've got a lot more to lose than I have to gain by participating in the combine. I think Arch has looked at a lot of these camps and something like the Elite 11 final. I think he's looked at it the same way. I've got a lot more to lose than I have to gain by participating in this. And if, if that works for him, fine. And Arch Manning might end up being a splendid college quarterback, and he may help return Texas to glory. Good for him. I just hope Jaden Rashada can do the same thing for Miami. And man, you look at Rashada. He's in now a nice little lineage of quarterbacks here for the near future, right? I mean, obviously, Tyler Van Dyke is going to be at the helm coming up in a few weeks when we kick off this 2022 season. 
Uh, he's another guy, of course, our own TVD, who loves to attack down the field and throws a fantastic deep ball. Then, uh, and TVD is probably going to leave early for the NFL after this season. If he doesn't, that's going to create a log jam in the quarterback room, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But if TVD moves on, you've got Jake Garcia, 2023, the likely starting quarterback. I love Jake Garcia. You know, maybe not as much of a gunslinger deep downfield as TVD and likely is what Rashad is going to become. But Garcia, tremendous keyhole accuracy in the mid-range and short-range throws. And he's very athletic. I think he's even more athletic uh, than Tyler, you could argue, although Tyler was a multi-sport guy, played baseball at a high level as well. But TVD is a great athlete. And I, I strongly believe that, uh, that Jake Garcia – is good enough to be a starter in the vast majority of power five programs around the country. So, uh, and I'm happy he's been patient enough to wait at Miami and not get, you know, impatient and maybe move somewhere else. Cause his time is coming. His time is no doubt coming. And then a couple few years down the road, Jaden Rashada's time is going to be coming as well. So I'm glad he's getting some love and Rashada did show up to a lot of camps and competitions, including the elite 11 final where he didn't have the best showing, uh, specifically his first day at Elite 11, which was just a couple of days after the NIL controversy came out, where there were, and I'm telling you, bogus reports about him being offered $11 million from a Florida collective and $9.5 million from a Miami collective. Those numbers were fictional from all the digging that I did, but those were negative reports that came out a couple of days after that starts Elite 11. Rashada didn't have a very good first day, but he grew into it and he had a fantastic showing in days two and day three. So there's a lot to be excited for. And yeah, he was the top ranked Miami Hurricanes commit out of six in the SI 99 preseason rankings. Uh, let's talk about the other guys on the list. So after... Top after uh, Jaden Rashada, as expected, then you get to Francis Maui Goa, who came 13 on the list. <laughs> I think he's a little underrated, folks. Like if uh, if and as much as I love Rashada, if I were making my 99 list uh, and there's a reason why they don't let me do this, because I don't know enough about some of the other commits around the country. But if I were making my own list, I would have had Maui Goa ranked a couple spots ahead of Rashada. Um, he at the Under Armour Future 50, you saw him there. He was just embarrassing people and ragdolling people out there. That's what Francis Maui Goa does. He is a grown man already at six foot five, 330 pounds, playing in that football factory that is IMG Academy. Oh, he's going to be such a stud at the U. Uh, then you've got Jaden Wayne, uh, who comes in at 37th, and Malik Bryant at 44th they are an edge rusher and a linebacker respectively for those who are like wait I don't follow recruiting enough what positions do they play uh both defensive guys uh then the final two on the list Raul Aguirre four-star linebacker comes in at 91st and then Ray Ray Joseph is the last one I think he can't I forgot to write it down but I think he was like 99th on the list was Ray Ray Joseph uh, the wide receiver four-star wide receiver so four-star linebacker four-star wide receiver rounding out the list Miami has six guys in the underarm in the uh, in the Sports Illustrated SI 99 and yeah Samson Okunlola's on that list I think he's going to end up at Miami but I want to talk more recruiting on the other side Miami missed out on a running back yesterday. 
I'm not surprised. It was expected. Um, will the Hurricanes get a marquee running back in this class? I believe they will. We'll talk about that. And also, some people were worried about a, you know, a potential Miami commit maybe gravitating elsewhere. Uh, don't freak out about social media posts. I'm telling you, there's nothing to it. We will talk about it right after we talk about Built Bar. Hey, if you haven't tried Built Bar's, Bilt Bar's Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite and mine, cookie dough chunk puffs. Oh, they're so good. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of actually making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein. Run to Built.com and snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. Guys, I'm telling you, these are the best Built Bars I've tasted, and I've tasted a lot of them. You are going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar and grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo LOCKED15 at Built.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Available free wherever you get your podcast. Part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, so, um, Brian Hartline, the former Miami Dolphin receiver. Remember him? Who's the wide receivers coach at his alma mater, Ohio State. Brian Hartline, a couple of days ago, tweeted out and I get kind of annoyed when coaches around the country do this. Miami coaches do this a lot. I like it when Miami coaches do it. I don't like it when coaches from other teams do it where they send out like cryptic tweets and you have to try to figure out, is he talking about recruiting? Which player is he talking about? So receivers coach at Ohio state within the last couple of days tweeted out a pancake emoji and then a fire emoji and then a bunch of Hurricanes fans started freaking out because some of y'all are very insecure. You start freaking out thinking he's talking about Samson Okun Lola, pancake honcho. Get it? We use the pancake emojis when we talk about Samson. Like, oh my goodness, Ohio State, are they in the mix now for Okun Lola? Is Okun Lola going to play for those Buckeyes, the ones who stole a national championship from us back in 2002? Relax. I have been told by numerous different people that that Heartline tweet had nothing to do with Okun Lola. So take a deep breath. Um, one of the people that I talked to thinks that it's actually about flipping a wide receiver to Ohio State. So I guess pancakes flip. I, I don't try to understand the meaning behind emojis. Sometimes it's not as deep as I like to think they are. Uh, but if it is about a wide receiver, that would make sense since Hartline is a wide receivers coach. Um, so Samson Okunlola, at least don't panic about him, at least not right now. He's still trending heavily to Miami. Um, he's the third ranked tackle in the class, five star. He doesn't have a commitment date yet. He doesn't have a time where he's set to announce. So 
that's the only thing that makes me uneasy. The only thing that makes me uneasy about Okunlola is because, you know, you've got reports and rumors going back over a month that he's pretty solid to Miami. At one point, you know, I, I heard a report uh, going back in July, I think, that even said, hey, he might be like a silent commit, that he's maybe told the coaches he's coming, but he's still not set an announcement date. And the longer this thing drags out, the more opportunities it gives to other schools to get into the mix. Like if he's favoring Miami right now and he doesn't announce yet, it's giving others opportunities to slide into the DMs. Um, I've long been told that Michigan State are recruiting him really hard, that Miami's the favorite, but Michigan State is trying to make something happen there. So we will see how it plays out, but I'm, I'm still cautiously optimistic that Samson Okunlola is going to end up a Miami Hurricane. Uh, Miami, unfortunately, last night expected, but unfortunate, lost out on four-star running back, top running back in the class, Cedric Baxter. He committed to Texas as expected. Yeah, you did have a little bit of hope the last couple of days because some recruiting analysts had been saying, hey, Miami's not dead there yet. Maybe there's something with Miami, but Texas has been long the favorite for Cedric Baxter out of Orlando, and he announced Texas last night. In fact, I had so little confidence he was going to announce Miami, I didn't even watch his stream. Right? Usually, you know, because I'm very selective with my time, right? I go out of my way to, to watch a lot of these live streams. You notice my success rate, like 95% of the time I watch them only when I know it's a Miami guy. I think the one that I watched that I, I wasn't too optimistic about was uh, Jackson Howard, who ended up going to LSU. I did watch that one, uh, and I kind of knew it wasn't Miami. But usually I only take the time to actually watch the streams if it's a guy I'm pretty sure is coming. I didn't bother to watch Cedric Baxter's stream last night. So I don't know how – I don't know if he played musical hats or hat fakes. I don't know what he did, but I know he picked Texas, and I knew he would heading in. Um, so even though, like, Miami misses out on Baxter, they, they still um, – they don't have a running back yet in the class of 2023 – Let's talk about where Miami stands, though, overall in recruiting. The Hurricanes still have the ninth-ranked class in the country, according to 24-7, and the seventh-ranked class in the country, according to On3. Um, and depending on which ranking you look at, the Hurricanes either have the best recruiting class in the ACC at this point or close second, because On3, Miami is a spot ahead of Clemson. Seven versus eight, whereas on 24-7, Clemson has number eight class so far and Miami has number nine. So either way, you're still in the top 10. And I think Miami can still trend towards the top five when it's all said and done. So will the Hurricanes end up with a marquee running back in this class despite missing out on Cedric Baxter? I believe Miami will. Uh, they're still trending heavily with Christopher Johnson from Fort Lauderdale Dillard. I know he got some folks a little frustrated last week when he said like he wants to, you know, before he's going to really consider dropping a commit to Miami, he wants to see how they look in September, right? Just to, just to make sure. And, you know, new coaching staff, new offensive coordinator, new philosophy. I get it. And guys, it's his decision, right? Like for all these, I, I don't get angry when high school players commit other places because how do I know I can make that decision better than they can? Like it's, it's their life. They can do what they want with it. Uh, but Miami is still trending for Christopher Johnson, four-star running back 
possibly the most explosive, dangerous in the entire class when it comes to his speed and his ability to make cuts. Christopher Johnson, he is a track star. Recently won the state championship in the 100-meter dash, running it in 10.45 seconds. I'm pretty sure I cannot do that or even I probably can run it in like 30 seconds. Uh, so good luck catching him from behind, right, when he finds himself in open space. Uh, you know, some recruiting sites, I think they've all updated it by now, but as of a couple weeks ago, some of the sites had him listed as a wide receiver. Um, he's being recruited as a running back, but he's the type of weapon you can line him up at receiver. You can line him up in the slot, line him up at running back. You can run gadget plays with him. Um, I think great teams need fast, explosive weapons like that. So, yeah, I would love to see him end up at the University of Miami. Um, another recruiting note. So, you know, we took an L on Baxter last night, expected. I think the Canes are going to take another L this Sunday. So the next Hurricane target to announce, I might watch this one depending on what time it is, even though I don't think he's coming. But four-star safety Jaden Bonsu is going to be making his announcement on Sunday. I didn't check the time of day, so if anyone knows that, feel free to drop it in the comments or drop us a tweet at Locked On Canes. Uh, I don't know what time of day he's announcing, but it's this Sunday, August 14th, and Jaden Bonsu is expected to pick Ohio State. Um, however, if you want to look at what some of the recruiting analysts are saying, uh, Matt Shodell from Kane Sport has been saying in recent days that Miami is not completely out of it, that they're still in the race. So we shall see. I don't think Matt is actually picking Miami to land him, but he's just cautioning everyone that it's still somewhat of a two-horse race. And guys, a lot can change in a matter of days or hours in recruiting. I mean, you go back to Jaden Rashada, who we've talked a lot about in this episode. You know, less than a week before he ended up at Miami, he was trending heavily to Florida. We didn't think he was going to make an official visit to Miami. Then he pushed back his announcement a week. He took an official visit, and it turned out to be a great official visit at Miami, and he ends up committing. So you never know, man. If Miami has been recruiting Bonzu hard, they may be able to get back into the race. Um, and speaking of defensive back recruiting, you know, we've been getting some questions on Twitter and on our YouTube feed recently people basically wondering like what the heck's going on with Jamila die in recruiting you know Miami's defensive backs coach you why is he failing in recruiting is he a bad recruiter people keep asking me guys it's way too early to jump to any conclusions about that especially a guy like Jamila die who I think is a great on-field coach and you know you'd figure a guy who had a lot of success at Georgia would know how to recruit Right. So, yeah, Miami missed out on uh, Janelle Aguero, who went to Ohio, uh, who went to Georgia, actually, not Ohio State. And they'll probably miss out on Bonsu to Ohio State. We still have the opportunity to flip a safety or two four star guys. Uh, and there are still talking about corners. There are still some of the top guys are still uncommitted at corner like Damari Brown, Cormani McLean. They're long, a long way away from making up their minds. So do not try and write off Jamila Dye as a recruiter. I think and Robert Stafford is a very good player who's committed in the class already to play corner. I think he's going to get some other really good safeties and corners before it's all said and done. 
The same way you guys don't want anyone writing off Jakari Brown. Did you see that report uh, or, or what an analyst said about him, that they don't think he can play quarterback at this? Like, don't write off Jakari Brown. Don't write off Jamila Dye recruiting, either of those things. Will the offensive line be one of the strengths of Miami's football team? We will talk about that and more when we come back. Keep it locked. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So I was reading a, a good piece by David Lake at Inside the U, uh, how the Miami coaching staff actually views the offensive line as one of the team's strengths, which would be awesome if it plays out that way. Because you got a guy like Josh Gaddis, who Miami's offensive coordinator you know, came from a tremendous O-line situation in Michigan last year. Uh, his offensive line last year won the Joe Moore Award, which recognizes the top offensive line unit in the country. We've talked on this show about how well Michigan ran the football last year. 214 rushing yards per game uh, and very balanced. 214 rushing yards per game, 228 passing yards per game. So a very balanced offense. You obviously need to have a really good offensive line to have balance like that. Miami's O-line last year, Miami was terrible running the football. Uh, but pass protection, they were actually really good. So don't sleep on this unit because they were top 10 in pass pro last year. I think they were like number six or number seven last year in pass protection. And, you know, you've got highly touted guys on this offensive line. Zion Nelson's probably going to miss the first game, hopefully not any more than that. But you've got John Campbell back from a knee injury who the staff is raving about. He's probably going to start that first game at left tackle before Zion's ready to come back. Uh, you know, Ja'Kai Clark is getting a lot of preseason notice. DJ Scaife, Justice Olawazian. I always feel like I'm mispronouncing his name. It's, it's a tough one. Uh, so like you've got an experienced group, you've got some good players on that group. And as we've talked about on this show, everybody's been cross training, right? Like everybody on that offensive line, they want to be able to play four or even five spots on that line. And I think it's really important because something this staff wants to do that I don't think the last staff did a very good job of is find a way to get your best five on the field. Find a way to get your best five on the field instead of saying, hey, this guy is just our best right guard and this guy is our best center. This guy's our best right tackle. Like cross train these guys, make them feel comfortable playing everywhere on that line. And then you can just take the best five overall and find a spot for them. And when you have coaching like Mirabal and Cristobal, they're going to be prepared for game day. So I like that. Uh, Gaddis said this week, we are still trying to figure out what is our best five, he said. Hopefully over the first two weeks of camp, which we're less than a full week into, by the way, uh, we get it solidified and figured out because then we want to move forward from a chemistry standpoint with our communication and our technique. So, yeah, and as David Lake notes, Miami have plenty of options on the line that can play tackle or guard. Campbell, Scaife, and Olawazian have each started games at tackle and guard during their careers, and Jalen Rivers, who's also really good, I like him, has the ability to play tackle or guard. So there is plenty of versatility on Miami's offensive line. And yeah, once Cristobal and Mirabal and Gaddis are through with these guys, they're going to be tough as nails. They're going to be cross-trained. They're going to be educated on the blocking schemes. 
And they are going to be physically conditioned, I think, to uh, to get the most out of that unit. They're not as, and even Gaddis said it, we're not as deep as some of the other great offensive lines in the country, but they believe they've got eight guys who are playable and can rotate. And that's something Cristobal loves to do. He loves to have a rotation at the offensive line. Don't just keep five out there for 60 minutes. He loves to have the fresh legs and the fresh bruisers out there. And yeah, you want Miami to have the type of running game that Michigan had last year and that Oregon had last year. Miami did not have that last year. The pass protection was pretty, pretty, pretty good. The run blocking and the results in the running game were not at that level just yet. Gosh, I had a lot of fun today, as we always do. Uh, make sure, guys, support the show every way you can. The show is completely free, by the way. Support us by subscribing to our audio podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your pods, and subscribe to our YouTube feed. Every episode is on video. We do some exclusive videos that don't necessarily get released to the audio channel, so make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked on Canes, and we will talk to you guys again next time. Hey, get more on the ACC by making Locked on ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked on take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked on ACC your second listen. Thank you for making us your first. We will talk to you guys again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.